Good afternoon and welcome. My name is Mario Espinosa Kulik and you're listening to Central Coast Voices on KCVX. On today's show, we will be talking about MLK Day, which is celebrated on the third Monday of each year near Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s actual birthday on January 15th. The celebration became a federal holiday in 1983 with the first national observation in 1986. That was the year he would have turned 57 and 18 years after he was assassinated in 1968. This holiday was the result of years of advocacy by King's family, including his wife, Coretta Scott King, and civil rights leaders who fought to carry on his legacy. The day is celebrated through protests, demonstrations, community events, service activities, educational programs, and cultural celebrations throughout the country. This year, MLK Day will be on Monday, January 16th. To discuss this important holiday, I'm happy to be joined by local community members who are here to discuss MLK Day this year. We have Oanja Brown, president of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara. And we also have Lauren Lee, Anna Morrison, and Olga Mbarka, three honored awardees from this year's MLK Day poetry program and current students in Carpinteria schools. Welcome Ms. Brown, Lauren, Anna, and Olga. Thank you. You are very welcome. I'd like to begin by having our listeners get to know each of you a little bit and how you've come to be involved with the MLKSB organization and poetry program. Can you please share a little bit about the work that you do and how you came to be in your current position, Ms. Brown? Yes, uh, I started with the, I'm one of the, I'm the founder, one of the founders of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee that we currently run uh, uh, in the community right now. Prior to uh, 2008 to 2007, there were a number of other groups that were doing Martin Luther King Day activities over the years since the 1980s. Uh, initially, it was with Sojourner and some people in the community will remember Shirley Kennedy, who was very active at UCSB and also very much in the community. And uh, they pushed for having the city of Santa Barbara recognize Martin Luther King Day as a holiday because uh, initially it took two years before um, that happened after it became a national holiday. Um, so in 2007, Laura Capps, uh, Congress, Congresswoman Laura Capps, called together uh, community members and clergy from all over Santa Barbara to set up a set up a volunteer organization that would um, have and celebrate the Martin Luther King holiday in Santa Barbara. Of the 44 people that attended, uh, there are only about three of us right now that are still currently on the board uh, that started in 2007. So this will be our 16th year of presenting um, activities for the community um, in Santa Barbara. Uh, last year, well, actually two years ago, we spread to include Lompoc um, because uh, if, for their set essay and poetry awards program primarily because Lompoc has their own MLK uh, program and so does Santa Maria. Um, yeah, so that's how we were started. And um, currently we're, we, we had initially started with one day of activity on Martin Luther King holiday. And since then we've grown to include 
uh, five days of activities. In 2016, I believe we had seven days of events. And that's a lot for a small nonprofit organization of only volunteers. None of us are paid. We're all volunteers and we do it because of the passion uh, for what Dr. King stood for and what be, what we believe is important for the community and um, Santa, Santa Barbara County to know uh, and to keep his legacy alive. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Yes. Lauren, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. Uh, my name is Lauren and um, I've always loved writing poetry. I'm an avid reader. And so this competition or this program really seemed like the perfect opportunity and had a lot of great, um, it stood for really amazing things. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. And Anna, um, what would you like our listeners to know about you? Um, my name is Anna. Um, I really, I wrote my poem in relation to the environment because I really think it is something that we should, you know, kind of keep, like, I mean, you really need to focus on it more in the future because I love spending time outdoors and I think it's, it's really important for everybody to do the same thing. I so appreciate that. Olga, can you introduce yourself with our listeners, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Olga Barca. I was introduced to the program by my English teacher, Mr. Ariano, at Carpinteria High School. Um, it, initially, he wanted us, our whole class, to write the poem, and so many people were talking about how they wanted to write about like recycling in our environment. So I took a different perspective on it and wrote about how um, listening can impact your community and little by little how you can change it as a whole. So. Love that. And thanks, everyone. It's such an honor to be here with our poetry awardees today because I love poetry and I'm sure many of our listeners do too. So I'd like to ask if it would be possible to hear um, you reading your poems for us today. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so let's start this off with um, Lauren's poem, which is titled Broken Treasures. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, um, I'm Lauren, and my poem's called Broken Treasures. People are like oceans, layers and layers and layers of feelings, fears, strengths, secrets, weaknesses, dreams. Most people only see the surface, the serene sunlight zone that says everything's fine. But others are willing to swim the extra mile. They break past the surface, swimming and swimming and swimming. It's difficult. It's worth it because treasure isn't found at the surface. It's down, down, down at the very bottom, hidden. When you find it, it's precious because you can only find it if they let you. And they only let you find it if you're willing to dive deep, take the risks, face the danger, swim past the zones of embarrassment, trauma, shame. So when they finally open their chest of broken treasures, don't take any. Recognize their struggles, their pain, their sorrow. Appreciate what they've gone through. Don't pity their shattered remains. Instead, help them put themselves back together into something stronger. Because isn't that what friends are for? Mario, I think it might be good if I were to share the theme that the students are writing on, or do you want to do that later? 
Oh, no. Yeah. Go ahead and share, Ms. Brown. Okay. The theme, the theme for this year, each year we choose a theme, and I can go into it a little bit later about how the theme is chosen. It's a rather arduous process. We don't just pull a quote out of the air. We spend at least three months deciding what the theme will be for the year. It's very important to the committee that we select something that's contemporary and that um, relates to what is going on uh, in, in, in society. And this year's theme is life's most, and they're all quotes of Dr. King. There are things that he said in many different speeches. He was a great orator. He spoke many times uh, in many places all over the world. And this is one of his quotes. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? End quote. Uh, and that was written in 19, uh, I mean, spoken in Montgomery, Alabama in 1957. So that is the theme for which the students are responding to. And we're looking at their thoughts and we'll talk about the judging later in the program. Thank you. Thank you for that insight, Ms. Brown. It's a um, excellent theme for this program. And thanks, Lauren, for opening with your poetry. Um, up next, we have Anna. Um, yeah, my poem is called How to Fix 77 Seconds. Um, the Earth has been for 4 billion years, but 24 hours. Humans have been here for 200,000 years, but 77 seconds. The water's getting warmer, the ice is all melting. We made it like this, and we need to start helping. No, fixing is better. This was our mess first, after all. Saving species, boycotting cars, it's up to us, and it's our call. See, when I picked up my trash and saved all my water, it was surprisingly easy and it wasn't a bother. So take only pictures and leave only footprints. Don't you love your environment and don't you take care of it? Stay true to your earth. It's been here much longer than you, yet we are ruining it a few seconds too soon. Thank you for showing, sharing your poetry with us, Anna. Um, and also that message about the environment. I think that's really um, awesome how you enter um, integrated that theme into um, the poetry with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Thank you. Um, Olga, would you like to share your poetry? Yeah, um, my poem's called Listening Goes a Long Way. It starts, what does it mean to impact your community? It means that you help and are there for others, not just once, but whenever you get the opportunity. Being there for someone when they're down, listening to them and giving advice. Sometimes all people need is for you to stick around. Feeling loved and important always feels nice. For my community, I've listened. I've been there for those around me. And although that may not be what you've envisioned, oftentimes it can be the key. When people are sad, it's always good to talk. No matter how severe or bad, they need some kind of rock. Someone to care and someone to hear. No matter what the affair, whether small or severe. That's what I do for my community. I'm there. Every person comes along in unity. Today, that true friendship can be rare. If my listeners could see me, you'd see me clapping my hands. I'm sure many of you are also giving our awardees a round of applause for their poetry, which I may add are original poems written by um, the poets who have read their poems today. Ms. Brown, did you want to add anything? No, I think that the, the, the selection by the judges was right on, spot on uh, for this year. Um, do you want me to talk about the judging? Or Yeah, I'd like to know. 
Okay, so what happens is we we also partner with the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, um, and the way the, the um, uh, information is distributed to the schools is through ADL's No Place for Hate campaign, which started way back in, I believe, uh, the early... 80s i'm not sure but not that far back i think it was closer to to more current time but nonetheless um we partner with them and they they submit all of the flyers that that we we design the flyers and we put in the amount of scholarship that the students will put up the money rather for this student awards and um, they submit this the flyers to the various school districts. We need more help with getting the flyers out into schools like uh, Santa Barbara High School, interestingly enough, right in our backyard, and some of the other local schools. Uh, we've had some challenges with getting our uh, information out to the schools, um, but we'd like to you know, get more support with that uh, from the school and school administrators. So, yeah, so the flyers go out to the schools and hopefully the teachers uh, will um, it, it share it with students in their classroom. Sometimes that's difficult because it depends on this, the teacher's curriculum for the year. And sometimes she can't get it or he can't get it into their schedule. So that's been somewhat of an issue uh, because we started around September and September is when students are coming back to school and the teachers haven't had a chance to get oriented. So that's been a little bit of a challenge. And then we have to uh, get the program more or less kicked off uh, early around, uh, you know, late in September. And then by November, uh, have it uh, done so that we'll have time to uh, do the judging and then prepare it so that we can have it for Martin Luther King Day. It's it's just kind of strange that the schedule doesn't, Martin Luther King holiday comes early in the year. So it, it's kind of a challenge to get all the pieces together to get it out into the school. So we also um, allow students to submit if they're not in school or if they can't do it through their teacher, they can also do it through their community organizations. We've had the boys club, um, we've had uh, boys and girls club rather, and some of the other local community um, youth serving organizations get involved and they introduce it in after school program. Um, and then we also have had the church and those the uh, submissions, which this year for the first time we had, we had to go to total automation. Uh, due to our technical person, he was able to establish a complete program that is all virtual, which necessitated last year. Um, well, we tried to do it uh, live last year, but it, it was just too difficult. So we had to do virtual for this year. And so next year, it'll get easier and easier and better and better and more students hopefully will be engaged in it. Okay, so that's the distribution. The judging uh, is done again with ADL in partnership with ADL and, and Martin Luther King. So they submit and most of the judges, well, all of the judges are either writers or poets or they're well-known um, people in the community that have been engaged in writing in some, in some way. 
And so the judging takes place um, over a two-week period, and uh, they submit what they feel are their five top awardees. And then, and then after that, uh, two uh, the judges from the other side um, choose what they feel are the awardees, and then they agree on who the top three are. I, I, it's difficult to explain because I'm not directly engaged in the judging. I only just know about it from talking about it and seeing it. I haven't actually done it except uh, early in the process, uh, way back in 2008. So that, and then once that's done, then we have another person that does all the notifications and that's another big job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Ms. Brown, for, for sharing that process with us. And thank you to our poets for sharing your work with us. I'm Mario Espinoza Kulik with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener supported radio station. The voices with mine today are Ms. Brown, president of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara, Lauren Lee, Anna Morrison, and Olga Mbarka, three honored awardees from this year's MLK Day Poetry Program and current students in Carpentria schools. We've been hearing the original poems that the awardees wrote this year for the MLKSB Poetry Program. In this next section, we'll get to explore more with each of these poets, their work, and its meaning. We invite and welcome you to bring your questions or comments about today's topic to our guest, and to do that, you can call 805-549-8855, or you can email them to voices at kcbx.org. One thing I really loved about all three poems is that they are infused by commitment to taking action, whether that means supporting someone in a more effective way, or fixing the damages brought about by climate change, or listening to stories and struggles we don't yet understand. It all leads to a more uh, ju just and equitable society. Oh. I want to know um, a little bit more about um, what these poems mean um, to the folks who wrote them. Um, and so maybe we can start with the order that, that our poets read the poems. Um, Lauren, how did you go about writing your poem? Um, well, I originally wrote my poem when I was in seventh grade. And um, I wrote this poem because I'm an avid reader and I've read so many novels where the side characters rush to the protagonist's sides without a moment's hesitation. And I've seen so many TV shows where they have flashback scenes of that one perfect moment where two characters become friends, but it always seemed like a fantasy. Like that type of friendship seemed to be the normal type of friendship, but it could only be found in make-believe characters. Uh, I wanted to write something that depicted real friendship, friendship that you have to work for every day, even when it seems impossible, friendship that isn't perfect, but unique. I love that. Thank you so much. And um, in terms of the meaning of your of your poem, what does their poem mean to you? Um, to me, um, it shows that friendship isn't always as easy as it appears, but it's always worth it in the end. Thank you. Anna, how about you? Um, for me, it's just, I think everybody, every small action is gonna make a difference and make a healthier, more sustainable future. And I mean, just spending a little bit of time outdoors, anywhere in nature, just automatically makes you feel so much better, at least for me. And um, so if we each contributed just a little bit, um, it really would help um, create a better future. 
And what was your writing process like? Did you did you write outside at all anytime? Um, no, but I do spend a lot of time outdoors, and that definitely influenced um, kind of my love for what I put into the poem. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. And Olga, what does your poem mean to you? I think it means that um, just listening to someone, you can learn so much about them, and you can learn so much about what they believe in and how they view the world and how they help. And I just feel like feeling care- when you listen to someone, you show that you care about them and they, they feel like they matter. And then, and it's like, shows such an impact in their life. And I think that's really important. And your writing process? Um, my writing process was initially in a classroom. Um, Anna was in the same classroom. Um, we had a discussion with our teacher and, um, he wanted us to explore like different aspects of like what it means to help. And I feel like just talking to someone and having them listen, it really does help. And yeah, that's, that's why I wrote about listening. <laughs> that's wonderful. And for all of our poets, um, when, how, how did you get into poetry? Did you always know um, that, that poems was something that you like to write? Um, for me, I didn't really, um, Poetry wasn't really accessible to me when I was younger until I went to junior high school and my teacher, she, we had this very brief unit on poetry and I just, I fell in love with it. I didn't know that that was like a style of writing that was allowed. Like you could write sentences that weren't grammatically correct or use punctuation. I would, I didn't know that that was allowed. And when I figured it out, it was very freeing. Awesome. Yeah. Anna, do you have any, uh, um, like, uh, how any insight on how you um, found poetry? Or how did poetry find you? It was, it was, <laughs> it was really my teachers. Like, um, I had a really good eighth grade teacher, um, ninth grade teacher, and now Mr. Ariano. He's a really great teacher. And they just, they encourage you to write about whatever you want. And I agree with Lauren. It's very freeing to know that you can write about anything you want in whatever style and that kind of it it really it helps it just i don't know like <laughs> so i can say it, it's freeing i totally appreciate that and olga how about you yeah definitely lauren and anna made some really good points um originally i used to dread poetry when we had a poem assignment i used to always try to get out of it try to do something else but I always liked the idea of rhyming and how it just kind of flows. And I feel like I incorporated that in my poem. And like Anna said, it's very freeing and you're able to write about however you want and express yourself. And I think that's really nice. Love it. And for the poetry program that you all participate in here um, in this year, um, was it the teachers that had made you want to participate in the program or is there some other reason you wanted to participate in the the program? Uh, my teacher never told me about this. Um, it's not really well known at my school, but um, my mom sent, she knows that I like participating in poetry programs and she found the ad and sent it to me. And I thought it seems like an amazing opportunity. Awesome. Um, I, I hadn't actually heard about the poetry contest until that day in the classroom when Olga was there as well. And our teacher brought it up as something that might be a good idea to enter. And yeah, it just, that's where it started happening. Cool. 
Yeah, I think just like when he talked to us about like what it meant and like how it was about MLK and impacting your community, I thought it was really nice. And he get, it was optional at the time, but I felt like it would be a really good use of time to enter and just put my words on a page. Um, well, thank you for sharing, sharing your motivation um, for this program and also about the uh, inspirations for your poetry and, and the poems you wrote. Miss Brown. Yeah, I'm wondering if any of you would participate in a, another poetry contest if it were not in school. Like later on, uh, when you graduate or whenever, uh, do, you, do you think this is something you, you'll do again? I mean, has this been uh, rewarding in a way that uh, is encouraging you to want to write poetry in the future? Uh, yeah, I would absolutely participate again. I love writing poetry. And um, any opportunity that I get to showcase that would be really great. Yeah. Okay. This has definitely been, it's been a new experience. Nothing like this has ever really happened before to me personally. Um, but I think it's been very rewarding and it's been a great first experience. So I would definitely consider entering again. Yeah, me too. I think just the opportunities that have come up after I submitted the poem and it's just really nice. And I think later in the future, I would enter another competition or another program. <laughs> yeah. And I would so encourage you to because your poems were so awesome. Um, and I'm glad that I have copies of them to read, you know, um, when I want to read some poems. Um, but is there more um, to the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara Essay and Poetry Award program that you wanted to share, Ms. Brown? Um, I can read. Uh, I told you a little bit about the history. Um, I just want to tell you currently what's happening uh, and who's doing it. Uh, I mentioned Sojourner earlier, uh, who's, who was the former uh, Poet Laureate of Santa Barbara, I think for 2016. Um, so she has worked with us uh, since 2000, well, since the very beginning. This is, I'm gonna read to you the history, so I won't just do a lot of talking. I'll just read what we put in our brochure. The Essay and Poetry Awards was begun in 2008 when the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee was established. The program was initially encouraged by myself to support youth and to allow them to share their thoughts on the MLK theme for the year. Sojourner Kincaid Rowe, former Poet Laureate Santa Barbara and Dr. Cynthia Silverman, Director of the Anti-Defamation League administered the Essay and Poetry Awards program for many years. Since 2020, uh, Myself, uh, Eonja Brown Lawson, and Daniel Meisel and Ashley Myers have administered the program. Students' entries for the programs are divided into two groups, two age groups, ages 6 through 12 and ages 13 to 18. Judging is co-sponsored by MLKSB and ADL, and students are awarded scholarships and honorable mention. In 2019, uh, we... Um, hired an independent contractor to do outreach, as I think I mentioned, I may have mentioned earlier, to do outreach in Santa Inez because we wanted to reach the indigenous community there. So um, that's basically uh, the program and how it was started and where we are now in 2023. And when did you say that this program usually opens up for submissions? In September. September. We have we we have to kind of alter the date depending on when school starts and um, 
And when we feel the teachers have had ample opportunity to get adjusted to the new the students uh, new for the year, that in, in their classrooms for the year. So uh, yes, we that's uh, something we we have to kind of deal with every year. One of our challenges for the during the year is to when we are going to initiate and then to develop a timeline and a set date for when we will have entries uh, uh, closed and when we will do the judging. So that has to kind of be adjusted each year, um, depending on, like I said, the schedule for the school year. And for our awardees, um, when when is it that they read their poems? Well, we try to get, this year we had more opportunities for us, our students to read than in past years. So like for today, this opportunity for three students to read. Then we have um, on Friday, when I mentioned uh, B'nai B'rith earlier, when we weren't on the air, uh, we'll have two students be able to read there. We'll have two students read at the, these will be the youngest students, uh, ages six to 12 at De La Guerra Plaza on Martin Luther King Day in the morning at the morning program. And then the senior students that are here will be reading in Arlington at the theater uh, when we'll probably have five to 700 or a thousand. I, I don't know how many are gonna show up. We don't know each year, but uh, we try and get as many people to attend the, uh, the programs as possible. And so, yeah, and we have uh, our PR person, which is Mo Maureen uh, McFadden, uh, McFadden and McFadden um, Associates, a uh, public relations firm here in town. She does all of our PR and she did this year and set up these program uh, opportunities for our students. Oh. Well, to our listeners, I hope that you uh, find an opportunity to listen to the poems live near you. Let's take a short break to hear from our team and a little bit of music. Back over to you, Kim. Thank you, Mario. listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. Good afternoon. I'm Kim Foster. Ever wonder what keeps KCBX running? Well, it's you. Listener supported. KCBX pays for programs like this one. Become a member of KCBX or renew your support today by visiting kcbx.org or online at 800-549-8855. And thanks. Now back to Central Coast Voices, here's Mario. Thanks, Kim. Um, the voices with mine today are Miss Brown, president of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara, Lauren Lee, Anna Morrison, and Olga Mbarka, the three honored awardees from this year's MLK Day Poetry Program and current students in Carpinteria Schools. We've been hearing from these talented young poets 
about their pieces. In this next session, I'm looking forward to opening up our discussion to the significance of MLK Day and the legacy of the civil rights movement. We often hear politicians and other political or public figures co-opt the words of Dr. King by focusing on his message of nonviolence and inclusion while ignoring the underlying commitment to political action and transformative social change. However, MLK's vision was always larger than himself and included mass movements for social justice and against violence and exploitation in all forms. Back Dr. King's wife, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, was an active part of the civil rights movement and continued to lead the movement through the formation of the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change, also known as the King Center. Today, Bernice King, their youngest child, carries on their work and legacy as the director of the King Center, a national organization that supports movement activity. Why does the legacy of MLK matter for communities in California? Ms. Brown, would you like to start? Well, I think it matters because Dr. King's vision for the world, not just for the community, not just for local community or just for uh, the areas uh, which he spoke in, but he was a humanitarian for the entire world. Uh, his, his eloquence, his passion, his desire to root out poverty, uh, food uh, insecurity, um, job discrimination. I mean, the list goes on. And um, I think that what we do in Santa Barbara and what we do uh, to continue to promote his legacy is important not only for uh, the community, but for our young people as well. I think we can't let his vision and his um, desire for equality for all people, no matter their race or uh, their lifestyle was important and still is important today. And until we can reach that level in which we feel like everyone can be included no matter who they are uh, in, in society in a way that they can be successful through better education, through better uh, housing or improved housing, uh, I think we, we still have not reached uh, his vision and we will still have not gotten to the point where we can sit back and, and relax and not continue to press on with the things that we know are important for all people. And what does this um, MLK uh, legacy matter for our younger generations? Well, they are our future, correct? And so we have to lay the groundwork for them. And and I think continuing to keep his vision alive through the programs that we do, through um, the efforts that we make in terms of trying to just trying to uh, have issues, raise issues in the community that are important, um, that we allow them to have an opportunity to be a part of that so that they can carry that on into, into the future when we're no longer able to do it. Huh. And uh, how does this manifest within your schools and, and your peer life, um, you know, our Lauren, Anna, and Olga? Um, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr.'s message is really important and can be seen like throughout our community. Um, and 
um, we are all trying to do like our part to kind of carry on his legacy. Um, he believed in that only like light can drive out the darkness and love can drive out hate. And so um, just kind of being there for people is really beneficial to that. Um, for I think Martin Luther King's message is important because it can apply to so many topics. Like it's to elaborate on what Ms. Brown said, it can apply to equality among all people and it can apply to how making a more sustainable future in terms of the environment and I mean so on and so forth we can help in poverty it just it applies to so much right yeah I think Martin Luther King Jr's message is really important and the fact that um, when violence faced him he had patience and he replied with nonviolence and protests and his fight for freedom, equality, justice, and love. It was really inspiring and it inspires especially young generations to act on what they believe in nonviolently and ways to impact their communities with just kindness and love. One of the things I think that was really important about Dr. King is his voice. If you listen to his voice, it is so full of passion and is so full of, of, of just the desire to, to have to move people in a direction that they want to uh, do the right thing, so to speak. Uh, between 1955 and 1968, there's no question that he helped change America by bringing the world's attention to how unfairly Blacks were being treated. He had the help of millions of Americans, but his strong leadership and unprecedented power of speech gave people faith and courage to keep working peacefully even when others did not. This led to new laws, of course, that ended practices of keeping people from different backgrounds apart. And so I think that's, the, that's one of the critical things we, uh, remember about him is that the eloquence of his voice and the way he used words to move people to action so that um, there was no question that if he said, we're going to have a march, uh, people just followed. And that's why we we now still use March as, as a powerful expression of togetherness. Why the unity March that we do following the morning program, I believe is so important because it allows everyone to participate. They can bring their placard to show what organization they are. And it just, it shows unity in the community, unity in the community. Um, the interesting expression, um, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, his vision and his passion and uh, his his desire that we all uh, can can strive to improve and those that he called the haves and the have-nots. We don't want any have-nots. We want uh, everyone to be able to have the opportunity for achievement through education, through proper health care, through and through being able to move up the social ladder, so to speak, uh, when they're in job uh, situations. And we want, he also encouraged people to do their best, to be the best at whatever you, whatever it is you do. And if you are an 
if you are doing the best at whatever you're doing, you're likely to be recognized, to be more likely to be recognized than if you're on the job, you know, just, you know, hanging out or or, or not maximizing opportunity. So those are the kinds of things he, he talked about for young people um, and encouraged them to uh, to be successful in that way. Um. I would agree. I mean, Dr. King put love at the center of his political advocacy. And we talked about expressions. And I just wanted to share my one of my favorite expressions from Dr. King, and that's beloved community. Yes. Um, where Dr. King would push for the society to advocate against exploitation, support human rights in voting, housing, employment, education, labor, um, and, and more venues. Um, you know, we we I, and, and, I, and I think that that message of beloved community is something very um, meaningful. And I just was curious if um, that term or that expression, beloved community, meant anything to any of you. Um, yeah, I definitely think it does. Um, it Beloved community represents um, like the members of society and your community kind of upholding each other and supporting each other. Um, like through all the dark times, it's like forgiving each other and letting them know that they're there for you because that's that's what a community is for. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree as well. I think it's really important. Um, beloved community means that you all care for each other and the people around you and um, yeah, like at my school, I'm I'm in the Associated Student Body in ASB, and I'm sophomore class president. And I think my school is part of my beloved community, and just speaking for what the students need and what they're fighting for. And I think it's really important. So, yeah, I think beloved community is really. Thank you, Olga. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Anna. Um, and Ms. Brown, did you want to share? Um, no, I was just going to say that term beloved community is, is such an endearing term. Uh, and, and it's so important now because of the things that are still going on in, in, in what, 2023. I mean, after so many, after hundreds of years, <laughs> uh, we're still struggling with some of the same issues that plagued us uh, way back before uh, probably any of us were born. Um, and so, um, you know, when I see the community coming together, when, when like our uh, uh, um, program that we're going to be having at the Eternal Flame, um, that, is, that flame to me represents not only just an eternal frame to represent the three people that it honors, which is Dr. King, Robert Kennedy, and John F. Kennedy, but it also represents the community as well, not just the UCSB community, but the community, the community of Santa Barbara. Uh, that flame just happens to be on the UCSB campus, but the flame is, is for all of us. It has been a place of peace. It has been a place of, of uh, of where people can come together and feel like they're in a safe space to um, to commune with each other, and so I mean, I those are the things that uh, are relevant right now and important for for I think our young people um, 
at the university level and the high school level um, because it, it, it's, it's something that's there and it's something that has, um, uh, it represents peacefulness and community and togetherness and the beloved community that we're talking about. I'm Mario Espinoza Kulik with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It will be available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. The voices with mine today are Ms. Brown, President of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara, Lauren Lee, Anna Morrison, and Olga Embarka, three honored awardees from this year's MLK Day Poetry Program and current students in Carpinteria schools. We have been talking about the legacy and significance of MLK Day as a holiday. And in this segment, I'd like to focus on some of the upcoming events happening locally and how people can get involved with observing and celebrating MLK Day, which is coming up on Monday, January 16th. Leading up to MLK Day, there will be a special ceremony at the UC Santa Barbara campus on Thursday, January 12th at 12 p.m. on the Buchanan Lawn, followed by a reception and lunch at the Multicultural Center at 1 p.m. Throughout the weekend and on Dr. King's actual birthday, Sunday, January 15th, community and faith groups will be hosting volunteer opportunities as part of the National Day of Service. To find volunteer opportunities in your area, you can visit the Governor's California Volunteers website at www.californiavolunteers.ca.gov. The MLK Day celebration in Santa Barbara this year will include a gathering at De La Guerra Plaza in Santa Barbara at 9 a.m. on the 16th, followed by a unity march up Straight Street at 10 a.m., leading to a program at Arlington Theater from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. In Lompoc, a celebration and march will also be held start, starting at 9 a.m. at the Grace Temple on 8th Street and ending at the Dick Dewey's Community Center Center on Ocean Avenue. And nationally, the King Center will be hosting a virtual Twitter chat with the AmeriCorps program using the hashtag MLKDay23Chat. You can follow the organization directly on Twitter and Facebook at the King Center. You can get more information about the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara on their website at www.mlksb.org and on Facebook at MLK Committee SB. To help support this work, you can submit a donation online at www.mlksb.org slash donation. As we get to the end of the show, we still have a little bit more time for your email questions or comments at voices at kcbx.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Ms. Brown, can you share a little bit more about the events that are coming up locally for MLK Day, please? Why, sure. Yes. Um... The first event, as you already mentioned, is at the Eternal Flame, which is near the library. Uh, there is near, near the it actually is almost in the center of the campus and where the library is located. And then right across from the library is Buchanan Hall. And you'll see people gathered there at around 12 noon on January 12th, which is uh, next Thursday, a week from today. Um, 
to have to have a program that will actually it's kind of a ceremonial type program that will uh, take place there uh, from 12 to 1 and then from 1 o'clock to about 1 30 there we have what's called walk with us so after the ceremony is over uh the the audience gathers and walk to either we'll either go through North Hall, which I'm not sure right now because I'm not planning it. There's a uh, fraternity that's planning the events um, and we haven't he that hasn't been totally uh, outlined as to whether they'll walk through North Hall, which has very direct uh, uh, relationship with the eternal flame and how it was established on the campus in the first place is a big history around that. So they may walk through North Hall, and if so, uh, it will end, the walk will end at the Multicultural Center for Reception, and we'll also be selling uh, Martin Luther King t-shirts there. And then on Friday, uh, we will worship with uh, Brene Brith uh, uh, at the um, Congregation Brene Brith on 1000 and San Antonio Creek Road, uh, Santa Barbara 93111. And two of our students will be speaking or presenting their work there. Um, on Saturday is Day of Service, where we ask volunteers to go to the website and select a place that they would like to volunteer. Why? Because it's important, even though it's just one day. Uh, it would be great if it could be for more days. But um, that was one of the things that Dr. King designated as a day of service was um you know, uh, on Martin Luther King Day, he he didn't do it, uh, but it came up about as a as a um, as one of the things that the King Center wanted to do for to honor him uh, because he was so much uh, a supporter of people helping and supporting each other. Um, Sunday, the 15th, we encourage people to look at the list of worship places that will be honoring Dr. King in some way. Uh, there's a list of about 50 faith organizations. And then on Monday, you already went through the program or the, the morning program at um, De La Guerra Plaza, where there'll be a Chumash uh, blessing to start the program. And the Chumash family singers will be singing. Uh, there'll be a keynote speaker, Dr. Edward Song. Um, and then the World Dance for uh, Humanity will end the program and then we'll start the march at 10 a.m. The march will go up State Street. Uh, we'll have police escort um, and faith and uh, community organizations are encouraged to participate and all are welcome to participate. It's just that we can't have banners, we can have posters, but not banners, and they have to be held no higher than a certain uh, height based on uh, Santa Barbara uh, March uh, requirements. And then at the Arlington Theater at 11 o'clock, we'll have a full program there featuring Dr. Dinah uh, Berry, who, who's a um, well-known professor, uh, who is an expert in slavery, um, history, and she's um, uh, the will be our keynote speaker, uh, and we'll have some other performances. Uh, one of them is a uh, copoeta. Some of you may be familiar with that term. It's sort of a dance martial arts uh, from Brazil. 
a presentation and drumming by Sese Ntem and his uh, drumming group. And they'll be, of course, singing. Following the program, um, uh, we generally have a reception, but we that's announced at the at the theater. And then that's what a bit. How can people get involved in or volunteer for this either any of the celebrations that you mentioned um, or for the MLKSB committee? Yes, people can. We always need volunteers on our website is a volunteer application that you can, that you fill out. You complete the application and then you tell us what it is you'd like to volunteer to do. We need volunteers all year long. We especially need a volunteer now in, uh, uh, in helping with um, our uh, finances and also correspondence. Um, so, uh, yeah, can go to the website and sign up. Uh, under the under the category of volunteer application, and then it goes directly to our volunteer coordinator, and then someone gets in touch with you about when and what you'd like to do, and for how long, what days, and that kind of thing. And that's important to put on your application too, so that helps narrow down the time that we have to uh, follow up with you to find out more specifics about what it is you'd like to do. Yeah. And just in case some of our listeners might not be able to make it to the, the celebrations on MLK Day, are there any activities that you would encourage people to participate in on this day? Just if you can do something for somebody, uh, uh, service to others. <laughs> um, that's always encouraged. If you can find something that that uh, needs to be done. Maybe somebody in your neighborhood, maybe you can pick up the mail for your neighbor who can't, uh, you know, who may be older or infirmed in some way, or maybe you could walk a dog or, I mean, it's, there's so many, many, many things, just be creative and what you can do for someone else uh, is really important. Um, and then, like I said, throughout the year, there are things that need to be done. There's simple things and they're more difficult things, but, that depends on each individual. Lauren, Anna, or Olga, are there any things that you'd like to share um, that we might not have gotten to today? Um, no, I think we covered everything for me. Um, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, that's all. Thank you for so much for having me. <laughs> Yeah, me as well. It's been a pleasure, Mario. Thank you for inviting us on here. Great. Of course. Thanks, Anna and Olga. Ms. Brown, would you like to add a closing thought for our listeners yeah, today? Yes, I'd like to thank the young ladies for appearing and congratulate them again for their awards. Um, I'd also like to thank our board of directors, um, the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee, who worked so hard with me all year to get this done. Um, and I'd also like to thank our sponsors, uh, Union Bank, McFadden and McFadden, which I mentioned, uh, Congregation B'nai B'rith, um, Wealth Strategy, Wealth Management Strategies, James Bauer Foundation, um, the Alumni uh, Association of Pacifica Graduate Institute, the New Friendship Baptist Church, the Endowment for Youth, TVSB, who helped us so much last year uh, in getting our virtual program done, Berkshire Hathaway, ADL, 
the city of Santa Barbara, the giving list. And if you haven't seen the giving list, you should look at it because it was put together to highlight nonprofit organizations uh, in Santa Barbara County. Special uh, nonprofits were, they weren't special, but they were specially selected for the work that they're doing. And that's in the giving list. And you, if you live on the Mesa or somewhere in Santa Barbara, you may have seen that book. It's black. Um, the United Methodist Church, UCSB EOP, the University of California Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity that is putting on the program at the Eternal Flame, the Arlington Theater, the Endowment for Youth, and Live Oak Unitarian University, Universalist Congregation, and the Uni Universi Unitarian Society of Santa Barbara. Thank you so much. And thanks to each of you for joining us today and everything you do in our communities to promote awareness, inclusion, and justice. Our guests today have been Ms. Oanja Brown, president of the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara, Lauren Lee, Anna Morrison, and Olga Mbarka, three honored awardees from this year's MLK Day Poetry Program and current students in Carpinteria Schools. On today's show, we learned more about the meaning and complexity of MLK Day for our communities this year, along with the activities that are coming up that you can participate in to honor the legacy of Dr. King and his family's work for civil rights, justice, and equity. You can get more information about the Martin Luther King Jr. Committee of Santa Barbara on their website at www.mlksb.org and on Facebook at MLK Committee SB. You can also donate at www.mlksb.org slash donation. We hope you will join Central Coast Voices for our next show on Thursday, January 12th at 1 p.m. with host Lata Murthy and guests from Central Coast Women's March organizations. They will discuss their continued work supporting, advocating, and empowering all women everywhere and provide information on upcoming marches. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm your host, Mario Spinoza Kulik, and thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Mario, for presenting this program and hosting it. listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. Good afternoon. I'm Kim Foster. Coming up next, Latino USA.